Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 76. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week for the MCAT Podcast. Last week, we covered some biochem. This week, we're going to cover some sociology questions. All right, Brian, last week, I got uh, my rear end handed to me with biochem. This week, hopefully with sociology, I will do better. So let's start. This is session 76. So if you want to follow along with a handout, you can go to themcatpodcast.com slash 76 and get these awesome handouts. Let's start with question 29. Researchers used a symptom list similar to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders in order to diagnose psychiatric disorders and screen incompatible subjects from a study. When comparing data from previous studies, it it was discovered that the symptoms on the most recent DSM differ from the symptoms on the previous list. Which of the following social theories best explains this discrepancy? A, social functionalism, B, social interactionism, C, social anti-positivism, or D, social constructionism. There's lots of isms. Mm-hmm. DSM yeah, and isms, that's, they go hand in hand. They really do. Uh, <laughs> although in this case, it's sort of the sociology context of the book itself. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to take a random guess here. Mm-hmm. They all say social, so we can get rid of that first part. So functional interaction, anti-positive, or construction. Those are the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to go with construction just because it seems right. <laughs> okay. And so social constructionism is the idea that um, we socially construct uh, our concepts, our categories, our definitions, rather than them being either kind of objective facts out there in the world or something you individually make up, right? Is that we as a society construct XYZ. Yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, that's exactly right, because what's being socially constructed is our notion of mental wellness yeah. or our notion of mental illness. And so if the symptoms can change from one edition to the next, then that tells you that there's not some out there in the world objectively correct definition of, say, schizophrenia, but rather we as a society construct the definition of schizophrenia. And so it can change from book to book. See? Uh, Easy. 
There you go. Easy peasy. We should <laughs> well, we should know these other ones. Functionalism. Yeah. That's how large scale social um, uh, structures interact in, in a functional way. So you might say something like the the intro to the old law and order shows, right? That you know how the police force interacts with the legal system. That would be a functional analysis, right? Seeing what are the functions of the different pieces of society and how they work together. Uh, interactionism is the idea that individual people interacting is the um, kind of the core uh, substratum that makes up society. So social terms are defined by interactions happening between individuals kind of in the aggregate. Uh, Anti-positivism. Positivism is a notion of uh, how science investigates the world. So anti-positivism is the idea that sociology in some sense is not a science. Right. Or, or not a science in the same way that, say, physics is a science. Um, so uh, it, it doesn't really relate specifically to the DSM here. It's more of a philosophical position. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Let's, let's go to number 44. When medical faculty members engage in unprofessional behavior towards a patient or a student, what type of norm do they violate? Unprofessional behavior towards a patient. Are they violating edicts, laws, folkways, or mores? It's think, a more. No, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what pops into my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So the the one that pops out to me as as something that I've heard before and and makes sense would be a edict. Okay, so an edict is um, how do we put this? It's a, a proclamation from an authority figure. Uh, you know, so the king could give out an edict yeah. or Congress or whatever. Um, it being unprofessional towards a patient, um, that that's not in violation of an edict. Okay. Right. Uh, laws are obviously laws, right? Yeah. Those are, you know, the written laws. And uh, in this case, they might be doing something illegal. The question stem doesn't explicitly describe anything illegal. You know, being unprofessional um, – it's bad. It could be bad to the point of illegal, but the question doesn't give us anything to suspect they're breaking the law. Um, folkways, those are just kind of normal everyday interactions. You know, you shake hands with your right hand. Uh, when you stand in an elevator, you face the doors. Um, <laughs> just these little things. You do? Between, well, one, one usually does, <laughs> right? Um, and then uh, mores define moral or ethical behavior. So that's the idea here. That's the right answer. If, if um, medical professionalism, especially with how you treat your patients, if you behave in an unprofessional way towards your patient, you have almost certainly violated some sort of more related to what's considered moral or ethical behavior as a physician. Um, Folkways are way too minor to be considered a professionalism issue. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. my, my song was correct to begin with. It, it absolutely was. And the way they usually describe it is mores tell you the difference between right and wrong. Folkways tell you the difference between right and rude. Right and rude. All right. Mm-hmm. Come up with a mnemonic for that one. Mm-hmm. All right, question 47. Many sociologists predict that cardiovascular disease will affect a larger proportion of the population as the average age of the U.S. citizen increases. This statistic of cardiovascular rates per 1,000 people is known as the A, sufferance rate, B, mortality rate, 
C, incidence rate, or D, appearance rate. And so this is one you just have to know the definition. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it's incidence, C. Yeah, or 1,000 is incidence, yep. Mortality would be if it killed you. The question just says cardiovascular disease. It doesn't say fatality, so it's not mortality. Uh, of course, students want to remember the difference between morbidity and mortality, right? Mm-hmm. Morbidity is just the appearance of the disease. Mortality is then it kills you. Uh, sufferance rate and uh, appearance rate are not, not actual public health terms in the context of, uh, MCAT. Uh, I'm blanking on it right now. There's, there's the difference between incidence and what's the other term? Prevalence. Yes. Prevalence. So define, right. de- define those two real quick. And yes, difference. prevalence is just how much of it is out there. Yep. Incidence is how many new cases per 1000. All right, there you have it. Some sociology questions for you. Sociology, I think, is one of the hardest ones because they're so nitpicky in the details of those words and definitions and everything else. So hopefully this was helpful for you. You took away one piece of information that will help you get a better score on the MCAT. Next Step Test Prep is known for their one-on-one tutoring. That's what. That's how they started, and they've grown it now into having a course and books and and lots of other things. But if you are looking at an MCAT course, whether it's through any of those big name companies, it's usually around $2,500 for an in-person or online course where you are getting taught in a group of people, taught to the average typically of that group. If you want to maximize your score for only a couple hundred dollars more, you get a one-on-one tutor from Next Step Test Prep. And you can save some money using the promo code MCATPOD. That's M-C-A-T-P-O-D. But with a one-on-one tutor, you can maximize your score. You can find out where you are deficient, where you are strong, where you need help. And that tutor will work with you day in and day out to get the best score for you, not the best score based on the average of the class. Again, go check them out. Next step, testprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD. That's all capital letters. M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Have a great week. We'll see you next time where we cover a grab bag of science questions.